See the world from a totally different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation, intriguing stories, and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. This portion of Talk with Francesca is sponsored by Jennifer Powell. If you're starting to notice fine lines and wrinkles, stubborn fat that won't go away, perhaps your body is trying to tell you something. Jennifer Powell RN has just the remedy for you, and you can visit her at JL prn.com to visit your complimentary consultation today. Jennifer and her team of specialists look forward to helping you understand your beauty from within. And now she is offering vitamin infusions just in time to help boost your immune system. All right, we've got a lot to cover in a short period of time, so we're going to get rolling. Did you know that blueberries can help you cope with the after effects of trauma? Hmm, that's interesting. That salami can actually cause depression or that boosting vitamin D intake can help treat anxiety. When it comes to diet, most people's concerns usually involve weight loss. I know for myself it does. Or fitness, cardio health, and longevity. But what we eat also may affect more than just our bodies. It actually affects our brains. And recent studies have shown that diet can have a profound impact on mental health conditions, ranging from ADHD, this much I definitely believe, to depression, anxiety, sleep disorders, OCD, dementia, and beyond. Dr. Uma Nadu, Director of Nutritional and Lifestyle Psychiatry at Mass General Hospital is a Harvard-trained psychiatrist and one of the pioneers in the more newly recognized field of nutritional psychiatry. She has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, ABC News, Harvard Health Press, Goop, and many others. She has a special interest on the impact of food on mood and other mental health conditions. She's written a book, This Is Your Brain, on food, and she shows the cutting-edge science explaining the ways in which food contributes to our mental health and how a a sound diet can help treat and prevent a wide range of psychological and cognitive health issues. Welcome, Dr. Nadu. Thank you for joining us tonight on Talk with Francesca. And by the way, did I say that right? I have a funny feeling I didn't. No, that was actually great, Francesca. It's lovely to speak to you. Uh, you just... can say Naidu or Naidu. People do it both ways, but I'm used to it. Okay, all right. So <laughs> did you become interested in nutritional psychiatry for personal reasons, or, or why did you? Um, so a little bit of both. You know, part of it is my cultural background, always being raised um, around food, food both as medicine, but also coming from a large family of physicians and sort of just an uh, Indian cultural background where a lot of food, a lot of cooking, a lot of cooks in the kitchen and being around that. So I always took that spirit with me. And when I began my residency at the Harvard Longwood Program in Boston, um, you know, cooking and food just became my time of relaxation. And since I didn't learn much about it in medical schools, because nutrition is definitely a gap in, in mm-hmm. medical schools, um, some schools doing better than others, um, I, I pursued that just as an area of interest and started to integrate how I was having conversations with my patients. You'll find it funny that one of my first um, decisions to really pursue this most strongly was a patient, you know, who was drinking Dunkin' Donuts coffee and yelling at me about weight gain. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, how I really learned in that moment to break down what someone is eating and drinking just in terms of the nutritional value and helping them understand that it could also be what the person may be consuming that was impacting. Uh, in that instance, it was weight. And and then it sort of moved, moved forward from there and culinary school was was just part of really following that that passion in these areas. I have to confess, before I got to the station, I picked up a Diet Coke because I had a feeling it was probably the last Diet Coke I would ever drink after I spoke, <laughs> after I spoke to you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want people to feel bad at what, what they eat and drink, because including myself, we all always can up our game, right? And right. I think that, no, I know, you know I know, I, but that's not, yeah, a good, that's not a good one. It defi- <laughs> definitely isn't. Um, but, you well, know, um, so yeah. we've, you know, we've all heard that we are what we eat, but your book, This, uh, this Is Your Brain on Food, takes this concept to an entirely new level. How do you see the relationship between food and mental health? Um, 
So, so I think that the, 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 a lot of what we've come to understand, uh, especially in the last, although the study of the gut-brain axis and the microbiome has been going on for a very long time, I feel like we really are making the connection and truly connecting the dots to mental health now. And it turns out that there are several things. You know, the gut and the brain are two different parts of the body, but they start off from the same cells in the embryo. And secondly, they are connected throughout our lives by the vagus nerve, which is the 10th cranial nerve. Mm -hmm. And the vagus nerve is, like I like to call it, a two-way superhighway, transmitting information back and forth between these two organs. Um, and then, you know, Francesca, you, you would have heard of medications like Prozac, which is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, mm-hmm. or Zoloft. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they act through the serotonin receptors, but it turns out that more than 90% of those receptors are in the gut. Oh. So when you put those sort of connections together, you realize that as our food is being digested, um, you know, it is going to be in contact with certain receptors which are going to create an effect. And our food, therefore, even if one thinks about it just in that that realm, our food then starts to impact our emotional health through, through that way as well. So are you saying that those SSRIs are not effective? Uh, no, not at all. Um, so I'm still a prescriber, and, I, and medications have saved the lives of many of my mm. patients. What I am saying is that when we think about where those medications potentially act, that food is also acting in a similar mechanism, meaning that SSRI medications, we, we swallow a medication, the um, chemicals in the medications uh, through our gut reach the bloodstream, and they have an effect. So think of a headache pull in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a headache, you know, think about how that, whether it's the Tylenol or Motrin that you might take, mm-hmm. how does that actually get to make an effect on your brain, right? Mm-hmm. In a similar way, Prozac is doing what it's supposed to do, but food is an additional way or a different mechanism, especially, Francesca, where mental health is still stigmatized so much. People feel, find it hard, even in this day and age, to ask for help or tell people that they're not feeling well. Food becomes almost a medium, a, a way to start a conversation with someone about their emotional well-being because of the way that food is broken down in the, uh, in the gut. It also is impacting how we feel emotionally through how it acts on the brain. It's a very, it's, a, it's just such a big surprise. I mean, I know that like caffeine can fire you up, yeah. and um, you know, obviously, it's better to eat yeah. the rainbow. You know, all the the various yeah. greens. I mean, that's kind of a no brainer. But um, to actually mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, how could blueberries possibly, uh, you know, help with the aftermath of trauma or salami caused depression? Um, sure. you know, how, how could that possibly be? Sure. So basically, it does, in my book, what I do is I break down the different scientific studies that share how this information was studied. And also, these work through the effects of things like gut bacteria, which are the 39-odd trillion microbes that live in the gut microbiome that really live there to help, our, help our, support our gut health, help support our immunity, but they also impact mental health. So the study is related to nitrates in, say, processed foods uh, and meats uh. or um, the, the antioxidants in blueberries. Um, which are some of the ingredients in, when you when you look at those studies and then they reference at the back of the book and there are more than one you know it will describe how those gut bacteria interact how they therefore influence the impact on the gut microbiome how that then influences the impact on the brain so it's you know that's where it was important to make that scientific information digestible to the reader because you're right, it's not intuitive. Oh, you know, eat a blueberry, how will it affect this? But it actually has been shown in these studies to improve uh, certain symptoms. Uh, what about um, probiotics? I mean, that's a big deal right. today. And I, and I will right. tell you myself, I had a lot of stomach issues when I was in my 20s. Terrible. And mm-hmm. for the life of me, I can't remember, it was so many years ago. But yeah. I remember someone suggesting um, a probiotic, and it was a a powdered form, I will never forget that very first day. It immediately Mm -hmm. made a difference. Immediately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. And um, 
my last dog, God rest his little soul, um, just passed away a year ago, and he had inflammatory oh. he had inflammatory bowel yeah. disease. And you know what? Um, that was one of the the the, um, the medication. Well, it was not a medication at all, but that was one part of his treatment. Um, was right. taking a probiotic, and I'm a big believer in that. But I'm not. I'm not really sure if it's just all hype, or but I believe. What are, what are your thoughts? So I think that's a that's a great segue into uh, just what we were talking about, Francesca. Because probiotics, you know, they don't work for everyone because mm. some people can be a little bit. Their gut can be overstimulated, mm. and they can become uncomfortable from a probiotic. Say they have a condition that uh, could be worsened by probiotic, and certain GI conditions. That's why you you know you, one should check with your GI doctor or primary care physician. But for the, for the larger percentage of individuals, probiotics are super helpful, and you can get them as a supplement, or you can, eat a ton, you can eat a lot of fermented foods in your diet, which do the same thing. They bring back good bacteria to those same gut microbes like we were talking about, mm-hmm. and they help really nurture and nourish your gut bacteria, which then help you to feel healthier. So I'm really happy to hear that you had a positive effect because this is a very clear way of showing how the gut can be interactive with emotional and physical health um, by those those gut microbes being fed um, uh, more more of what they need. So, for example, if say you ate a, a yogurt that was, I always say, the unfruited kind because the mm, you know right. even though blueberries are important for our mental health, the uh, truth is the, the added sugar in a blueberry yogurt just doesn't help you. No. So the you know the probiotics in in added in both dairy and non-dairy yogurts now are very helpful to your gut and can start to ease symptoms and over time really improve your mental well-being as well. And studies have actually shown that. Uh, and some studies have actually compared, which I go through in the book, um, the chapter on depression, say a probiotic is compared to um, the use of an antidepressant. So, so it, it, again, not to replace an antidepressant, but more to show that these can be effective if someone is, you know, not severely depressed, but looking for a way to start to heal or improve their mental well-being. Well, when you eat well, you feel better. I mean, it's a crazy thing, but, you know, when you, you're feeling kind of blah, you know, it's like winter's coming and it's getting dark and the first thing you want to yeah. go, go for is a, a Panera coffee roll. It's like, mm, you know, I mean, it's like I kick, right. my, I kick myself right. every time, but I, I, I love it. But anyway, all right, we do need to take a short break. When we come back, more in food and our mood. Stay with us here. This is Life I'm Francesca Luca, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. Located in Boston's North End holds one of our best-kept secrets, Antico Forno, ranked number nine of the top ten Italian restaurants around the world within the category of being one of the most authentic. With a welcoming family feel, it's hard to argue the experience you have when enjoying dinner at Antico Forno. Best known for their brick oven pizza, their world-class traditional cuisine does not fall far behind. Come enjoy dinner at Antico Forno and feel like part of the family. Open daily from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Call us today at 617 723 6733 or visit us at antico with the power of powell you'll love the skin you're in noticing fine lines and wrinkles increased anxiety and fatigue skin laxity or stubborn areas of fat that just won't budge despite your efforts what is your body trying to tell you get to the root of the aging process and back to the best version of you jennifer powell offers botox sculptra volume restoration, laser hair removal, body contouring, and skin tightening. It's a fresh start with the power of Powell, because with Jennifer, beauty is more than skin deep. Visit her new location at 222 Webster Street in Hanover, just off Route 3. Call 781-421-6544, or visit her at jlprn.com today to schedule your complimentary consultation. Jennifer and her team of specialists look forward to helping you understand your beauty from within. 
It's vital for dogs of all ages to have an understanding of socially acceptable behavior. And the folks at A Fox and Hound Harborside understand just that. The dedicated staff is well-trained in a variety of services to enrich your pooch's well-being. A Fox and Hound Harborside offers puppy socialization and enrichment programs to help your new furry friend learn commands and leash behavior. Located on Lincoln Street in Hingham, call 781-385-7369 today. A Fox and Hound Harborside, where dogs go to find their direction. It's a loud, complicated, ever-changing world, and it's easy to get distracted or overwhelmed. A coach is a thinking partner who helps you cut through the clutter. That's where Alana Shake, trained executive coach, comes in. She can help you solve a tricky problem, get unstuck when you feel stagnant, and identify real priorities. When you're surrounded by noise and hassle, Alana works with people at all stages of life and career to help them find their own purpose and build a life that's true to that purpose. Learn more about her coaching at thisworldneedsbrave.com today. This is life, don't miss it. Now for more talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back. You're listening to Talk with Francesca, and we are discussing food and mood with Dr. Uma Nadeau. Thank you so much for joining us on Talk with Francesca. Thanks so much for having me, Francesca. All right, so food and mood. Let's see, a couple of things. Um, Why is there a line at the coffee shops every day between 2.30 and 3.30? (laughs) (laughs) Not that I don't know the answer to that question, but is it, you know, I mean, coffee is an interesting thing. I mean, some people will swear that coffee is actually very good for you and others not so much. Absolutely, and and based on the facts uh, of our earlier discussion, which is that, you know, we each mostly have a unique microbiome. And so people respond differently to, to coffee as much as to alcohol. I even had treated someone recently in my practice. Um, uh, a, a woman came in with her adult daughter. Daughter was accompanying her to an appointment, and they had the, sa- the opposite reaction to the same healthy food. So that's speaks to how mostly unique our microbiome is. And that also then makes us understand that your response to coffee might not be the same as someone else who can't drink more than a small cup in the morning. If not, they feel jittery or more anxious or uncomfortable. Um, Coffee is not a substance that I, or a, a, a drink that I demonize. And I don't because it is actually has significant health benefits and in mental health can be quite useful, mm-hmm. except if someone feels more jittery or more anxious. In those instances, it becomes important as to how much they drink, if they drink it at all, how early in the day they drink it, and um, paying attention to what I call their body intelligence. And it can worsen anxiety in instances like that, and so they should probably either omit coffee slowly, not give it up suddenly because that can lead to withdrawal and possibly a severe headache, but switch to decaf, which also has a small percent of caffeine in it, so beware of that, but just to something that, you know, they could, they might enjoy the flavor, but they they cannot tolerate an actual cup of coffee, and then have it early in the day. Right. You know, there is, there's a natural slump we tend to feel sometimes. It's the kind of lunch we ate. You know, if we've, we've tended to eat a, a higher glycemic carbohydrate-loaded lunch, uh, by the afternoon you kind of feel a little bit of a slump. Mm-hmm. And it could also be that you didn't sleep well the night before. It's not only related to food. But a, a, an easy fix to that could be to have a cup of coffee or even a cup of green tea because green tea has, is rich in antioxidants, which can be actually uplifting um, and can make you feel a little bit more focused in the afternoon. So there's an option right there, especially if you're drinking a cup of coffee at 2 p.m. in the afternoon keeps you awake at night. Mm-hmm. Um, the other point about coffee, Francesca, is what people add to it. Going back to my patient who yelled at me with his large cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee, you know, what I was able to share with him in that moment was, you know, it also is important what you're adding to your coffee. Um, if it's just black, you're probably fine. But if you're adding a ton of creamer and and um, sugar to a large 20-ounce Dunkin' Donut coffee, that's going to have an impact, too, mm-hmm. on, your, on how you're feeling physically and emotionally. So it's all of those factors. Right. And sugar is just, I mean, we know sugar is deadly. You know, it's just anybody who doesn't know right. at this point, right? Um, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, but it's it, also related to, say, the studies have shown worsening of mood. 
and worsening of anxiety with, with you know, uh, use of refined and added sugars. Mm-hmm. On a totally different note, I mean, so you are at Mass General. Do you, does insurance cover these kinds of visits? Like, I just... So, we, so, so um, based on how we have been able to do it, uh, yes, the type of consultation is covered. Um, and I also have a private practice for those who are um, not able to use me at the hospital. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, another question I, I have for you is, um, I, I don't know if you know Dr. James Greenblatt. Yes. Yeah, yes. I, I would think you would. Um, he was on my show years ago, and um, I always read his stuff. And I read recently, and I, I dare I say it on the air just because I don't want to be saying something wrong, That, but I could have sworn that I read that... Um, Lithium, like the kind that you can buy, you know, like a vitamin in, in a CVS, um, it can make a difference in a small amount of lithium can make a difference in your mood. And of course, that's a, a, a vitamin or a substance, whatever. It's a little different. But I was just really curious about that. It's like, geez, that if if I'm reading this correctly, I mean, people, right. they they uh, give them that for, you know, serious bipolar, right? Um. So I think um, so. So lithium is not usually an over-the-counter uh, vitamin. Lithium is usually a prescription medication, which, in low dose, absolutely, psychiatrists will frequently prescribe to help either stabilize the mood, um, and it is uh, for, you know formally used to treat bipolar disorder and um, offset manic episodes. So I'm, I'm, if he did say that, I, I would guess that Dr. Greenblatt spoke about it in the context of it being a prescription medication, oh, okay. and so absolutely it can be a low it can be a low dose. Oh, okay. I might I must have misunderstood that. I must have been multitasking, which leads yeah. me to the which <laughs> leads me to the next question, which is ADHD, right? Because I am a compulsive multitasker. Although um, I also feel that that ADHD has also made me successful in my life because I can do many things at once. Many things. But I also know that, it, and when I also really need to be uh, super laser focused, I can be as well. But overall, mm-hmm. I tend to kind of bebop around, as you can see with the the interview, um, both in the conversations as well as the timing of it. But um, so um, I'm curious about the... Um, ADHD and what kind of foods might be helpful to people, um, myself included, as I said, having more than a passing interest in it. What kind of foods would would you recommend to someone who, you know, has trouble with focus? Absolutely. So some some studies showed that it was very important for individuals with ADHD or symptoms of ADHD to eat breakfast. I, I consider that very important, not only from a nutritional standpoint, unless someone's doing a different type of diet, um, but it, it is important. It's also important because some medications that I prescribe for ADHD might suppress appetite, and people tend to not feel hungry in the morning. But it showed that when individuals did eat breakfast, that their, their symptoms actually did better during the day. Um, so that's one tip. Another is that caffeine in, in moderation was found to be helpful. So up to 400 milligrams a day and under was thought to be helpful with focus and with um, symptoms of ADHD. Also including in the diet uh, rich polyphenols, which are found in things like berries, cherries, uh, you know, foods like eggplant and a whole list of things, including green tea, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're rich in antioxidants, vitamin C, rich foods, and by the way, red bell peppers, very high level of vitamin C, more than citrus fruit. So um, adding those into your diet would be great. Also uh, vitamin B-rich foods. And then um, minerals, which you can actually still get from food, but, you know, um, things like zinc, iron, potassium, and magnesium were found and shown to improve symptoms. So, you know, maybe adding on foods with those uh, with those uh, minerals might be helpful in the shorter term or speaking to your doctor about a supplement that you could take or a vitamin uh, or mineral. And, and those, are, those are things that are quite easy to do. I, I tend to try to ask people to use food first. Right, so. I figured, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, right, and then, you know, you, uh, and, and they can always add on other things. But it's also important, Francesca, for people to know what to avoid. And while we mentioned sugar and, and, and there's definitely correlations with, with symptoms of focus, uh, gluten was also found to 
have uh, to worsen some symptoms for individuals. So um, that may be something to think about cutting back on if you're having difficulty. Mm. And dairy, so, so you know, having a drinking A2 milk, which is now available in our supermarkets because the A1 milk casein, which is a protein in milk, was found to worsen symptoms. So just a few things like that are, are helpful for people to know. So, and what is that? It's What kind of milk is it? So AA, like the letter A for apple, mm-hmm. A2 milk. Um, you'll actually see it in supermarkets now. And what it is is it, it removes the A1 milk uh, a protein, which, which causes a, a problem for some individuals. Hmm. And um, the, another way to get around that is have a nut milk instead or goat sheep milk. Um, same thing for cheeses. So that's, that's another easy way to get around the dairy milk uh, yeah, uh, a lot of people. Have, yeah, yeah, a lot of people have done very well with getting off dairy completely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, what about um, people who have depression? How? Mm-hmm. What do you recommend that they eat or don't eat? Right. So, one, you know, some of the things that they can start to really embrace are simple things like omega three fatty acids in seafood, like salmon. Um, Omega-3s have been known as a supplement to help things like mood and anxiety, but getting it through food is also possible. And if you don't eat fish, then you can get um, vegetarian or vegan sources from things like chia seeds, flax seeds, and certain types of nuts. Um, that will give you the short-chain omega-3, and you can still obtain it that way. Um, Then the use of pre- and probiotic foods, like we touched on earlier, Prebiotic foods um, basically help those gut bacteria or those gut microbes that we spoke about mm-hmm. really also thrive and, and flourish and help our, um, help our gut and help our immunity and help our mental well-being. So including those foods in your diet and like we spoke about probiotics as a supplement or fermented foods um, earlier as well also mm-hmm. will help and have shown in studies to help mood. Um, and then other things like uh, um, healthy sources of oils, like olive oil, avocados were thought to be helpful. And spices, saffron and turmeric, really hit the high notes with depression and symptoms of mood. So including a little bit of turmeric with a pinch of black pepper to make it more active and more bioavailable to your body, even in a super smoothie or a tea on a daily basis is super helpful to start um, you know, o- over time, improving your mood or a golden chai, um, as people like, or golden milk, uh, which uses turmeric, um, can also be helpful. And then you won't be surprised to hear that vitamin B rich foods um, and vitamin C rich foods actually have nutrients that interact with the gut microbes that have been shown in studies to help with mood. Uh, we are going to take another short break, but when we come back, I'd like to talk to you about vitamin sh- infusions. There's a lot of that stuff going on right now. So, listeners, stay with us here. Don't go anywhere. This is life. Don't miss it. More talk with Francesca coming right up on 95.9 WATD. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terramia Ristorante a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy tutorial with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisines here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Ristorante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiarestaurante.com. Your pets are family. Take your dog to the Dog's Den in Pembroke. Your furry friend will go from smelling crummy to yummy because Leah at the Dog's Den really cares. Whatever your pet's needs are, from dematting to extra scissoring, the Dog's Den in Pembroke has your furry friends covered. So call the Dog's Den today at 781-826-7008 or visit thedogsdengrooming.com. With the power of Powell, you'll love the skin you're in. Noticing fine lines and wrinkles, increased anxiety and fatigue, skin laxity, or stubborn areas of fat that just won't budge despite your efforts? 
What is your body trying to tell you? Get to the root of the aging process and back to the best version of you. Jennifer Powell offers Botox, Sculptra, volume restoration, laser hair removal, body contouring, and skin tightening. It's a fresh start with the power of Powell, because with Jennifer, beauty is more than skin deep. Visit her new location at 222 Webster Street in Hanover, just off Route 3. Call 781-421-6544 or visit her at jlprn.com today to schedule your complimentary consultation. Jennifer and her team of specialists look forward to helping you understand your beauty from within. Cobblestone Cafe on Hanover Street in Boston brings casual, on-the-go American fare to the North End, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Open daily at 7 a.m., Cobblestone Cafe offers burgers, barbecue, salads, fries, milkshakes, seafoods, and the very popular Snickerdoodle iced coffee. Delivery and catering are also available. Cobblestone Cafe, 227 Hanover Street in Boston. For more information, call 857-263-8057 or visit them online at cobblestonecafene.com. This is life, don't miss it. Hey, this is James Woods, and you are listening to Talk with Francesca. On 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back, and you are listening to Talk with Francesca, and we are discussing food and mood. So, vitamin infusions, they are getting to be a really, really big deal, and I'm wondering about your thoughts on that. So, you know, I, I think that um, it, it depends on where and how you're getting these, and, um, you know, I, you know, Francesca, there's a simple thing like a grapefruit, um, is a super is a healthy fruit, right? But yep. grapefruit actually interacts with certain liver enzymes and certain they have certain medications for that reason. So, so that's why when I say something simple, like always check with your doctor, it, mm. it's not meant to be simple. It's because there are often healthy foods that with the wrong medication or um, uh, certain conditions the person might have may actually interact without them knowing. So for that reason, you know, if it's a vitamin infusion, it depends on where you're getting it, what the reason is that you're getting it, and making sure your doctor knows that you're trying out a different kind of treatment. My, my philosophy on this is really more around how easy we can make it for ourselves by mm-hmm. really improving and fortifying our mental well-being through the use of food. So, so, so my response to that would be, why wouldn't you eat um, a healthy plate of food, including in those vitamins through how you're eating, you know, and balancing it up that way. If you have a condition where you need some sort of sudden infusion, um, you know, uh, that, that might be different, and, and mm-hmm. obviously I would leave that to you and your doctor to figure out. But my, my, my personal belief is, why don't, why don't we improve our diets, which are within our control? We have to eat. We eat several times a day. We, we have control over the foods we eat. It's not a prescription where we, a doctor tells us we take something for cholesterol. You know, we generally mm. want to take that medication. But with diet and food, we can do this ourselves. So it's very empowering to people if they, if they choose to take it, um, take it up. Do you think that it's better to have three meals a day or to kind of graze all day long? I think, I think, again, it comes back to that person and their metabolism because of how we have a mostly unique microbiome. Um, I think that um, there's been a good amount of evidence for, say, intermittent fasting, but I don't have the information or studies yet that are related to mental health. So someone might say, I like to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and a couple of healthy snacks during the day. And if that works for them mm-hmm. and they are feeling physically and emotionally well, by all means, they should continue. I think when, when people are skipping breakfast and by 11 o'clock they, they're jittery mm-hmm. and uncomfortable mm-hmm. and irritable and mm-hmm. angry and kind of, you know, getting upset with their coworkers, even if they're working from home or whatever it is they might be doing, then they need to pay attention to that and maybe skipping breakfast and, or, or eating just one meal at dinner time is not a good idea for them. So paying attention to how we're feeling um, and being guided by our body intelligence, I think, is very helpful for people to to know. I think not eating simple things like not eating too late at night, um, not having, you know, unhealthy snacks close to bedtime, all of those things and studies have been shown to to impact our physical um, health. So th- those things are good goals to, to, to kind of uh, incorporate. Is is yogurt as good as as it's 
uh, supposed to, they say it is, whoever they are. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, it's, it's the healthy food, the unfruited kind, right. um, uh, probiotic rich, and, you know, the, the, it's also the source of food, right? So um, I, I'd like to encourage people because of, you know, what we understand about the dairy industry, and you made this point earlier about some people excluding dairy and feeling better, and it's true, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's the source. So um, grass milk fed, um, which are actually labeled on, on our milk and our yogurts these days, um, certain, certain brands do uh, look for those. And um, in that case, you know, have that type of plain yogurt with some blueberries and cinnamon for sweetening. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty healthy food, um, uh, again, depending on the source of it. Now, it's interesting because yogurt does not bother me at all. But kefir, mm-hmm. or kefir, I'm not sure how you right. pronounce it, um, yes. which is obviously a... Um, yogurt, yes. y- Yeah, really bothers my stomach. Like, really. Like, oh, I mean, I, I you know, picked up very quickly, you know, because it, it, it's a... Um, what kind of food is it? It's it's like the the sauerkraut and what do you call that? Oh, right, so, oh, fermented food. fermented, fermented exactly, food. exactly. Yeah, like yeah. sauerkraut, kimchi, right. miso. Do those affect you at all, Francesca? If you don't mind me asking. Which? Uh, the fermented foods. Do those bother you? Um, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Okay. Yeah, like I could mm-hmm. never eat sauerkraut. Never. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that so there's there's something about that fermentation yeah. that doesn't doesn't agree with your gut, and that that's where it's important for someone to you know someone like yourself to embrace. Say, if you do tolerate a good source of dairy yogurt um, or non-dairy yogurt um, instead of the the fermented foods, which which you know which you uh, which which are not comfortable for you. You know, my primary care physician is vegan, and. Um, he, I mean, so he's, he's a very unusual doctor. He's a wonderful doctor, but um, I, I don't subscribe to that that diet in particular. <laughs> um, but he takes, I, I want to say something like ten thousand milligrams a day of vitamin C. That seems huh. extreme. Yeah. Um, you know, right. I, first of all, my yeah. st- again, my stomach could not tolerate that. But um, right. You know, but um, you know, there are people who are just avid. You know, I mean, I can't remember the name of the book. It was years ago, but it was, you know, some type of a vitamin Bible book. Maybe it was called the Vitamin Bible. I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that, you know, people were living on enormous amounts of vitamins. I right. personally right. think that their their pee was very expensive, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, yeah. it's like you take, I, I, you know, you take like uh, umpteen milligrams of vitamin Bs and and then, you know, you're you're peeing out yellow like crazy. I don't know. To me, that's just going right through your bod, you know, like, and, and I don't think your body's absorbing that, but I'd like to know your thoughts on that. Right. So I, I, I don't know his specific diet or why, you know, why the dose of that. And I, I agree. I think that some people are taking, uh, you know, different medica- different uh, vitamins, different minerals. I think what it boils down to is certain diets, you, you, there are certain things you need to watch for. So if someone's vegan, for example, they have to be concerned about their vitamin B12 because you really can only get vitamin B12 from animal sources. Mm-hmm. So, so they have to therefore supplement that somehow. Um, and, you know, if someone, by the same token, someone else on a different kind of diet, of which there are so many these days, might have to be wary of another uh, nutrient. So I think it, it very much boils down to what that person, what they are choosing to eat and really understanding that something you know, they may be excluding a certain food, but they may be therefore missing that benefit. So um, someone who can't eat seafood and, say, can't tolerate um, certain types of nuts and seeds that have the short-chain omega-3s, then they might have to go toward a supplement, either vegan or not a vegan supplement, for uh, for their omega-3s. It, it's so, it, it really, you know, the, this type of medicine is becoming so highly personalized these mm-hmm. days that right. it, it really does depend on the individual. Right. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Dr. Uma Nadeau. She's the director of nutritional and lifestyle psychiatry at Mass General Hospital. And um, she has a new book out. It's called This Is Your Brain on Food. So um, with so much um, going on between the election and COVID, I mean, these are very unprecedented times and people are just really uh, very uptight, very anxious, um, that I think that it's affecting people's sleep. And um, so, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, taking large amounts of magnesium. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I'd like to know your thoughts on that. Sure. Um, certainly, um, you know, magnesium, if, again, Francesca, you know, someone is, has spoken to their doctor and they, they can, um, you know, otherwise take, a, take magnesium, absolutely, if that helps. Um, I know that, that it's been a stressful year, so, so finding good ways to sleep are important. But another way to do it through food is through eating melan- melatonin-rich food. And my, um, my hint to people here is to flip their breakfast. And what I mean by that is um, eggs are rich in melatonin, as are things like um, rolled oats. Um, you know, um, certain vegetables like asparagus and broccoli. So I suggest having an omelet in the evening, um, which is, um, you know, which is rich in melatonin, um, certain sources of mocha rich in melatonin. So, so there are ways to almost eat in a way to start to calm your body down and get ready for bed. And, you know, if magnesium is something that they want to speak to the doctors about, absolutely. Um, you know, magnesium certainly has been helpful for people with fatigue. So, um, you know, if, if, if they feel that it um, helps them sleep. Another one is tart cherries, which uh, we might be able to get frozen in certain parts of the country. And tart cherry juice um, has been associated with improved sleep. Um, the only thing is that, you know, purchasing a tart cherry juice, cherry juice I just don't know the type you might get. Mm-hmm. And you have to really wonder about the added sugars or um, in, in those. So getting the actual frozen fruit or a, a type of tart cherry that you can eat is also an, another another tip for people to try. What about juicing? Um, so juicing in general, it, it you know, I, I'm a big big believer in sort of eating the whole fruit, uh, sort of eating the orange and skipping the, the orange juice. And the reason is that store-bought orange juice has a ton, no fiber and added um, uh, and sort of added sugars to it. I think juicing, um, say, an occasional smoothie or something like that is fine. But if it's the only way, I think that it's an extreme way to to attend to your diet, and it does change the nutrient density of the fruit or the vegetable that you're juicing. So in moderation, it's fine if you do that once in a while to replace a meal, and it's a way to get in your vegetables, and you're doing it yourself. Not uh, Because it, uh, when you're buying it outside of your house, you don't know what's added to, to different products. Mm-hmm. Um, so in moderation, it's okay. But, you know, to get the true value and nutrient density of the food that you're eating, eating the actual whole healthy food is generally the way to go. So it's sort of, you know, eat your berries, don't drink your berries kind of thing because it, right. it changes the glycemic and, you know, changes the, the, the value and um and people generally do try to be careful about that with food. I understand that some of your patients' symptoms actually improved during COVID. I'm curious how that would be, but we're going to wait until we take a break. When we come back, sure. I want to find out more about that. Okay, listeners, stay with us here. Don't go anywhere. This is Life Don't Miss it. This is Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca. We'll talk more in just a bit on 95.9 WATD. Tides is beachside dining at its best, all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room in the pub can't be beat. Tides specializes in casual dining with food that's delicious, not pretentious. On a warm day, enjoy a frosty pint at their bar or their sun-drenched deck on Nahant Beach. Or enjoy an incredible meal in their dining room anytime. Tides guarantees you great atmosphere with superior service. The menu at Tides is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out the drink menu at Tides for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with state-of-the-art tap wines. Tides is unbeatable anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. Visit tidesnahant.com. It's vital for dogs of all ages to have an understanding of socially acceptable behavior. And the folks at A Fox and Hound Harborside understand just that. The dedicated staff is well-trained in a variety of services to enrich your pooch's well-being. A Fox and Hound Harborside offers puppy socialization and enrichment programs to help your new furry friend learn commands and leash behavior. Located on Lincoln Street in Hingham, call 781-385-7369 today. A Fox 
Fox and Hound Harborside, where dogs go to find their direction. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terra Mia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy tutorial with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisines here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terra Mia Ristorante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiarestaurante.com. This is life, don't miss it. You're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca. The talk continues on 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back, and we are discussing food and mood. Uh, Dr. Nadeau, so um, some of your patients' symptoms actually improved during COVID. How could that be? I I know it's surprising, but it was a particular group of um, executives that I happened to treat, um, and I noticed that um, these individuals uh, during the year travel extensively for work, and even though they're working with me on a healthier diet and improving different components of what they were eating, finding ways that they could travel with um, healthier snacks depending on where they were going, and uh, several of them noticed that they were feeling less anxious and and feeling calmer, and compared to other individuals who may, you know, for other reasons, are struggling more during COVID. And the one thing that I noticed was common to all of them was that they were eating fewer restaurant meals, they were eating more meals at home, that they were not having fast food or airport food or restaurant um, food at the hotel when they arrived. Um, or, you know, having a late-night snack out of a bar fridge or at a bar because they, they, were, they were traveling till all hours. And what, I point, what it pointed to was the use of processed vegetable oils, which have been associated with worsening anxiety. So just by, by having more home-cooked meals, um, they, they noticed that they were starting to feel better. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was significant. It, it certainly is. Um, be, before I, I just, uh, this popped into my mind when you said you know eating more at home. Once a week, I buy this big salmon. I mean, big huge mm-hmm. salmon, right? And I yeah. and I mm-hmm. cook it, I bake it, and I leave it in the refrigerator. Um, I actually sometimes have salmon for breakfast. I mean, I'm talking a small piece, you know. Um, yeah. But what I'm always curious about is that that it is farm raised and you know i know that's not supposed to be the best um and i was curious i i don't take an omega-3 but i do have salmon like you know five times Mm -hmm. a week and i feel Mm -hmm. you know that's the only fish that i really like so um and i'm yeah yeah, and i'm I'm wondering about the farm raised whether that's really a problem so you know it, it it goes back to which farm the sourcing because some some farms are trying to do a better job than others um, and also I, I you know I when I make recommendations for omega rich salmon I will often even um, give people the option of certain canned versions because not 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 everyone as you well know can necessarily get that side of salmon or get the fresh version or even the frozen frozen version. So again, it goes back to the source. Some farms are trying, uh, so I would find out where you're getting it from, that farm, and look at what they're doing to farm raise their um, their fish. You know, the wild um, Alaskan or sockeye salmon is mm-hmm. usually um, one that that's thought to have a lot of nutrient density when it comes to omega-3s. Mm-hmm. But again, not everyone can access that. So my feeling is, um, you know, it, I would rather, I would much rather someone eat the salmon for the benefits than, than not eat it because we know that the omega-3s have benefits. Right, um, right. Yeah, now the sockeye just doesn't, I don't know, for whatever reason, it just doesn't taste the same to me. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but many people also limit the amount of meat in their diet. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? So it's interesting because um, there have been, um, in, in, in nutritional science and nutritional epidemiology, I always say, Francesca, that on a given day that I can quote a study, there are many studies that will 
will kind of refute that. But the, the point is we have to look at what's behind the science, the type of study, and understand that nutritional science studies are not as fund, as well-funded as pharmaceutical studies into mm. which there are billions of dollars mm, that go to produce a medication. Mm. Um, that being said, I, I feel like, um, you know, I think um, it it's really goes goes back to the, the type of study and 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 the information that's provided. And, for example, there have been studies recently that have come out and said, well, if you abstain from meat, you have higher scores of depression and anxiety. But there are also very large studies using the Mediterranean diet, which is largely, I would say, not entirely vegetarian because it allows for seafood and and lean proteins, but have shown an abundance of fruit and vegetables to really help with symptoms of mood and anxiety. So... I'm providing both of those to you to say that there are studies that support both eating meat and excluding meat in relation to mental health. How I think we should think about it is that if a person should should try whether they're eating vegetarian diet, because as a patient pointed out to me, pizza and Coke is a vegetarian diet. And I always remember that because it's the type of diet that you're eating. So if the person is eating meat, it's it's the kind of meat, the uh, quality of meat, the source of the meat. Mm -hmm. If they're eating vegetables, an abundance of vegetables, not just potatoes, you know, because that's one of the not-so-healthy vegetables, but an abundance of greens, an abundance of the different colors, like you mentioned, eat the rainbow. Mm -hmm. Um, All of that really matters. So, again, it comes back to the person, the quality of the ingredients, the type of diet, and making sure that it really is a healthy diet and not the the pizza and Coke vegetarian diet. What about alcohol? Um, You know, and I mean, obviously, you know, in moderation, but... Um, you know, I mean, there's been some studies that, oh, I don't even, I think it's called resveratrol, that's in the, right. the red wine. wine. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember a zillion years ago, I, you know, I had a physical, and my doctor said, you have very high cholesterol, and it actually runs in my family. And um, I never went on any kind of medication for it, but he said that, you know, have a little red wine. And... Um, that's how I started drinking wine. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, I think more than like maybe three or four glasses a week um, mm-hmm. is, is kind of too much. You know, I don't know, at least for my body, I notice that if I go out and I have a glass of wine, fine. But mm-hmm. if I do have a second glass of wine, I don't feel right the next day. I just don't. Right. I don't know if it's the size I- of my body. I don't know what it is. I don't care. Well, I don't want to. I- Right, I think it, it speaks actually to all of those things, and you're absolutely right, because what, what you're doing, again, is you're, you're paying attention to um, body intelligence, and right. by that, you know, you notice that you don't feel good after that, after, after that first enjoyable glass of wine, and then you're right to stop. You know, it's, it's, again, it, it, with alcohol, um, in the book, uh, in my book, I, I, I um, used guidelines that were standard guidelines in the country. But I really um, indicate to people it's really about moderation, as with everything else. And it's not just to say something glibly and say, oh, you know, do everything in moderation. It's really based on science, and it's based on how a person feels. Mm-hmm. Some, uh, and also, again, with alcohol, it's what you add, add to those cocktails. Um, you know, it's the added simple syrup. It's the multiple liqueurs that go into, say, a, a fancy cocktail that you might have. Right. Red wine and certain types of wine have definitely um, shown to have good evidence, you know, with more than one condition. So I think if you drink red wine, if you have a glass of red wine in moderation, if you have cocktails, again, in moderation, go for a cleaner cocktail mm-hmm. rather than the one with simple syrup, which is essentially sugar, right. um, and other liqueurs, which adds to the the load on that, uh, the amount of alcohol. Uh, so go for cleaner cocktail, say it's a, 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 some type of a liquor, but, you know, with a fresh, um, a fresh slice of lemon or lime and a splash of soda water, which doesn't add calories, but adds flavor to it rather than the simple syrup and multiple others. It, I think that when a person is on a journey towards improving their health and really trying to look at it more closely, then they find ways to make that cocktail or that glass of wine more interesting. And they realize where the things are that they should be looking out for and still enjoy that cocktail. And then, you know, switch switch out to a glass of sparkling water with a slice of lemon for the next one. Um, You know, it's about sort of embracing that journey like you started having a glass of red wine. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, before we finish up, I want to know what are the trigger foods all of us should avoid. And I, before you even answer that, is Splendor, a sweet and low, a no-no? Um, because certain, several of the sweeteners, artificial sweeteners, were shown to drive symptoms of anxiety as well as other conditions. So the two that, and by the way, stevia, um, it does actually worsen anxiety. So be a little bit careful. It does? If you're struggling with anxiety because studies have shown that stevia can worsen that. Um, the the uh, two that are generally okay um, because of their interaction with insulin are erythritol, which is sold as swerve, again, in moderation, and, and stevia in general, except in, in the instance of anxiety. I thought stevia was the good one. So, so generally, it, it's okay, like I said, but it, it has been shown with anxiety to worsen symptoms. So if someone is struggling with anxiety, just be, be careful of that or where, where it might be in stuff that you're eating or drinking. So what would you recommend if you were having a cup of coffee, if, if not stevia? Um, erythritol. So, so it's sold as well. Erythritol could be, a, a, could be an alternative if you have anxiety and you want to replace it. What's it called? Erythritol or Swerve, S-W-E-R-V. Okay. All right. All right. We you'll, have you'll just. Yep. Yeah, we just have about three minutes left. I really appreciate your time. I know that you are you're squeezing this interview in, so I really appreciate it. Can you give oh. us in the in just in the short time we have left some quick and easy tips that you can recommend to our audience that can make in, um, immediate incremental improvement in their health? Absolutely. I think it's it's not something that they're going to be surprised by. But, you know, adding back fruit, vegetables, and leafy greens to your diet have actually been shown in studies because of the interaction with the microbiome to eat the rainbow actually helps your mental health overall. And the book will outline the studies that show that. Um, adding pre and probiotic foods like we talked about, mm-hmm. super important, again, for your gut health and over time reducing inflammation, which will help your brain health overall. Uh, because inflammation in the gut leads to inflammation in the brain and ultimately poorer mental health symptoms and poorer mental well-being. So, you know, the book outlines the mechanisms and the details behind that. Mm-hmm. And then thirdly, adding things like spices to your diet will actually hit some high notes in certain conditions. Um, even though you may not cook with turmeric with a pinch of black pepper, add it to a soup or smoothie um, or a tea, um, adding things like saffron to your meals, um, to a paella that you might be making, or a risotto, um, you know, in, uh, adding those in actually does help. And there's several others, oregano, um, fresh, fresh peppermint helps with brain fog. There are multiple ways in which adding in calorie-free, salt-free, sugar-free spices, which last a long time and you don't need much of it, can actually boost your mental health. And in the book, in the different chapters I go through, several that, that, that um, help different conditions. Um, you know, for example, um, with memory, um, spices such as turmeric, black pepper, cinnamon, saffron, rosemary, ginger, and sage were thought to be helpful. Um, for brain fog, um, adding fresh peppermint, sage, thyme, or um, parsley to certain foods were found to be helpful. So it's little tips like that that I think we can start to pay attention to uh, to get ourselves started. All right. Dr. Uma Nadeau, she's the Director of Nutritional and Lifestyle Psychiatry at Mass General Hospital. It has really been a pleasure. If uh, Listeners, if you only heard part of the show, you can listen to the whole show on my iTunes page. So um, see you next week, same time, same place. Make it a great week. Thanks so much, Dr. Nadeau, for being with us tonight on Talk with Francesca. Thank you, Francesca. It was wonderful to speak to you. All right. You take care. What if you took the time to really soak it in? You're gonna wish you did Like a September morning Like snow without a warning Like how the summer feels upon your skin
sun goes 